gentlemen, it's Saturday, and you know what that means. It's time for Mining for Mayhem. So, uh, changing this up here a bit, it's obviously been the first time we've recorded in a couple of months. It's Saturday here, so probably Friday for most of you guys, if you're listening over in the UK or the US, maybe if it's um, later in the week, it's a Monday. But at the moment, here in Australia, it's Saturday. We're back. We're ready. Let's ready to rumble. Happy New Year, everyone. It's 2021. If you survived 2020, hell yeah. All right. And this year, we're going to start off with a new addition to Mining for Mayhem. I'm not going to go alone this time. We're going to bring in a new co-host. His name is Craig. Craig, how are you going? What's going on, BJ? Thank you for having me on the show. See how... Uh... See how this goes. You know, we've talked a lot before. Um, shoot, probably over the past like two or three years now, on and off. Mm. Um, just excited to talk wrestling, man. I miss talking wrestling. Yeah. And I know so, a lot of people so online. Nice. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, there's only so much you could get from actually watching it and uh, tweeting about it. When you're actually talking and listening to people who actually care about it and um, invest in it. I think that changes uh, changes your emotions and gets you more involved. So definitely excited to be a part of it, man. And uh, thank you for having me. Thank you. It's it's We met, I believe, in 2019. And we've just talked ever since on and off. And we've obviously gone our separate ways with our different projects. But just to come full circle, we're like, yep, let's do this. And I mean, the tagline suits this perfectly. Are you ready to rumble? Yeah, right. I mean, all the other stuff I did was kind of shitty, going to be honest with you. So I kind of just uh, wanted to hop on and just talk wrestling, man. I'm tired of um, doing like a format or a countdown show or whatever. And, you know, if you do those, more power to you. Hopefully you're successful. But, um, you know, I think BJ shares this uh, philosophy the same. I kind of just want to sit, talk wrestling, share our thoughts, and uh, that's going to be it, man. There's no... Um, you know, not a lot of notes, not a lot of pre-rehearsed, pre-scripted stuff. Um, you know, we jumped on the phone a few minutes ago, and here we are recording. So I'm excited to get into it, man. Whatever whatever you want to talk, you know, you want to kick off um, with some with some news or some previews or some recaps, whatever you want to do, man. I'm, I'm totally down for it. Yeah, well, so let's start off with you personally. What got you into wrestling? Uh, my family, mostly my brother. Uh, my mom used to watch. My grandmother used to watch. Um, all my cousins, pretty much al- almost my whole family used to watch. And, um, you know, some people faded off. I mean, my brother and my mom still watch, uh, you know, Raw and SmackDown. But that was it, man. Going to the live events, um, watching the shows, collecting the. Uh, VHS tapes at the time, which turned into DVDs, action figures, I mean, uh, toy belts, I mean, <laughs> we went pretty deep into everything, t-shirts, you know, everything, um, Stone Cold, you know, I was born in 94, so when I was five years old, you know, Stone Cold was, you know, Red Ass, On Fire, The Rock, Triple H, Undertaker, all those guys I grew up with, um, wasn't a big WCW fan uh guy being from the northeast but um that was it man we, we rolled with wwf and 
I've been watching ever since. I took a break for about two or three years when I joined the military, and I got back into it in 2016, and I've I've been back in ever since, going on five years again now. So that's pretty much it. I love how your whole family was into it because that's so different from my story. I just remember about the same age as you having the little figurines like the road warriors and i think i might have had a little hulk hogan maybe and i just remember playing with the set because obviously there's a little kid getting that sort of thing for christmas and then there was i believe it was something on the news i'm like oh did we get pay tv can i finally watch wrestling because obviously we didn't get it on normal tv out here and then they're like no it's just the news and my family weren't wrestling fans so i was a sole survivor in that one but if i remember correctly from what i pieced together that news article probably would have been the death of owen hart but obviously being that young and that age i can't quite remember it when i first got into wrestling though it was actually back in 2002 when we finally did um, get pay tv so i remember the likes of the hurricane feuding with the rock I remember Eric Bischoff feuding with Stone Cold and Evolution running Raw because we had, I believe it was Fox Sports 1, which was Raw, and Fox 8, which was SmackDown. And then obviously, I think they're both going to Fox 8 now. Uh, We do get it on free TV now, but obviously Raw on free TV airs on a Friday night for us, and then SmackDown, I think, on a Saturday. I'm not actually quite sure with that. But, yeah, it's just crazy how different we got into wrestling with you, with your whole family, me, with my whole, um, like, alone survivor. And, obviously, my parents got me out of wrestling from Raw on the Xbox. They didn't like the whole, you could plays a female or a male and then beat the hell out of each other and they're like trying to get me out of this whole don't beat up females and basically i get where they were coming from and they kept me away from it till i moved out of home essentially got 2009 got back into it through bragging rights with john cena versus randy orton in that one hour anything goes iron man match and i've been watching it ever since yeah, I think um, I think you notice in a lot of, like I said, I'm from northeastern New Jersey. I think um, that's a big, uh, just in history, it's a big WWF, WWE, you know, territory. Vince McMahon mm. uh, gauges the business on Madison Square Garden, or at least you know he did for a long time. Uh, south, it was more WCW, um, and then it, it kind of spreads out across the U.S. So I think I was like kind of a a rare a rare uh, person, I guess, because the West Coast wasn't big for wrestling. Um, you know, Midwest, even like Texas and stuff, I guess they had their pockets. But um, yeah, I think I am kind of rare in people. Even some people I know in like Florida and stuff, they don't, even if they are a wrestling fan, like you said, they're kind of mm. just like the only one. It's not a big family thing, you know, like it used yeah. to be. So I, I might have been one of the last, last people to, to actually <laughs> grow up with a whole family watching wrestling. But, uh, like that, that's just that so for my cool. kids for sure, you know. <laughs> mm. 
And do you watch much wrestling outs like currently outside of WWE, or is it more just WWE, or do you like venture into the independence? Yeah, I tried the New Japan thing and watching uh, Japanese wrestling at two in the morning was kind of hard for me. Um, they have a great website, uh, the New Japan World, I think it's called. Yeah, uh, great website. I used to I used to watch that for a few months, but then it kind of just caught up with me, uh, just because of the time zone I'm in. But they, you know, they had a really good uh, a really good couple. I think I got into when um, Moxley was actually over there. When he was the U.S. champion for a little bit, uh, when he first left WWE, but uh, I watch AEW when I can. Usually, um, I'd say I watch about 80% of Dynamites, and um, I've seen all their pay-per-views so far. And of course, yeah, on SmackDown, I've kind of faded off the of NXT just because it's on the same night as AEW, and I kind of yeah. want something different than Raw and SmackDown. Mm. <laughs> so, I think in a sense it is different because the quality of matches down at NXT have been great for years where Raw and SmackDown, it's like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've actually been digging SmackDown uh, probably since Roman came back, I guess I would say. Yep. Um, yeah, Yeah, probably since like SummerSlam. So I didn't like the stuff they were doing with Bray and Braun. But once Roman came back, I've, I've been digging SmackDown. Uh, Raw's okay. And NXT, I don't know. I, I think that they all kind of need a, a little bit of a makeover. But I felt like NXT was more special um, on the network, you know? Since it's mm. been the USA, it's been kind of kind of watered down, in my opinion. Yeah. And you've got, I think... I agree with you. SmackDown's been a lot better since Roman's been back, and I don't think that's the line anyone thought they'd ever be saying. Raw, Raw has been a highlight when it comes to Alexa Bliss and Bray. I think that has been what saved Raw because for months on end, it was just Rollins and Mysterio dominating the storylines, and it it wasn't doing anything for me. But and. I'm sort of like you. I've seen all of AEW pay-per-views. I wouldn't say I've watched 80%. I sort of more drift towards NXT. I try to watch AEW here and there if I can get into it, but something's obviously... It's not that it's bad. I remember watching a couple of shows, and the quality of it is fantastic, but it doesn't draw my interest. And I'm sitting there like, watching this fantastic quality tag team match but i'm not invested well why not and then i remember flicking over to nxt and i'm pretty sure this was day one of aew and the match may may or may not have been as good quality i believe it was a cruiserweight championship match actually i I believe it was leo rosh won the championship that night and I remember being more invested in that match, wanting to see if he won, than I did in this Young Bucks versus Private Party match in that tag team tournament they held back then. And even though, don't get me wrong, that quality was beyond phenomenal, I wasn't invested. But the past week has been earth-shattering, like, 
just a week ago we lost Brody Lee. That has shaken the wrestling world to the core. But it's also united it. It's been... It's been a bit of a rough week wrestling-wise. Like you sort of, I don't know about you, but it's one of those you don't know how to feel. And I've been, when it comes to wrestling, I've been lost for words. But that show that AEW put on the other day, that was just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I think, um, I guess it depends how you look at it. I was kind of uh, shocked. I'm not a big... Um, you know, I don't get too emotional for people I don't actually physically know. Yeah. That being said, it does suck. Uh, you know, I did love to watch him as Luke Harper. Mm. Didn't love the uh, Dark Order stuff with him as the exalted one. I thought it was a good surprise at first. Yeah. I really like. Especially, especially things we were all expecting, um, Matt Hardy. Yeah, yeah, I, I just... I don't know. I don't think any. I, I don't think anything could have saved that, honestly. So I'm not putting that totally on Brody. Um, but yeah. it, just, uh, it was weird because you know it kind of just disappeared off TV. Nobody knew where he really went, and um, you know then that news kind of just popped up. So yeah, I was at work and I just remember um, seeing the PWF group chat that Brody Lee had passed away. I'm like, wait, what? And I'm meant to be on the floor running a shift, and I grab my phone. I'm like, I'll be out in a minute, guys. And I read it. I'm like, holy shit. Because at first, I'm like, no, nah, this is like got to be a hoax or a joke. And I looked into it, and I'd seen the official tweet from AEW. I'm like, that's just insane. Yeah. Like, it's. Yeah, it wasn't more... I'm like you, I don't get emotional over that sort of stuff, especially when I don't physically know them. I, when Even when it comes to close family, I'm not an emotional person. I tend to deal with it pretty well. For me, it was more just the shock and the loss for words, silence and just disbelief. Yeah, I think... Um... I think, like you said, it definitely brought a lot of people together. You're seeing uh, WWE, AEW, um, you know, just uh, everybody, superstars, announcers, backstage people, referees, you know, whoever, um, really getting involved with uh, praising Brody Lee and, you know, supporting his family. And um, actually, you know, funny to bring it up, Adam Cole's been trending for the past, like, hour or two because... He had like a little wrestling match with, I guess, Brody's son or something that went viral that Britt Baker had posted. And, um, oh, you know, so that was Adam. Yeah, it's just crazy to see how an AEW yeah. female posted a video of her NXT husband, you know. I'd, I'd seen that, that video. Funny. Yeah, it's, it's like 30 or 45 second clip. It's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I didn't realize that was Cole. I thought that was Adam Page. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's, <laughs> it's just pretty funny just looking at the context of the whole video. How it's like, you know, this whole Wednesday Night Wars, and you know, oh, let's put these guys out of business and do this and that. Mm. You know, none of that shit matters. It's yeah, that, that's the what rest... I've been trying to tell people since Dynamite started. It's just mm. you know, the I wish there was just 
want the best for each other. I mean, why can't we do the same? Yeah, I, I mean, I wish there was two shows on every night, you know, not just Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Like I said about New Japan, I wish I could find the time to watch New Japan. Yeah, you know, like, just, I was watching... Um, it's just being a I fan. was watching Pro Wrestling Noah last night, and I mean, I wish I could have stayed up and watched more because I was actually enjoying it. But, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, I've seen it all over Twitter, and for me, I sort of try to stay at it because I'm like, I don't want to get into an argument with anyone. I don't want that sort of negativity. But it, the wrestlers just want the best for each other. I'm like, why can't we want the same? Like, as I said, the t shows they put on are phenomenal. I may not be an AEW fan, but... I've got nothing against it. I wish them all the best. I mean, just because you like one over the other doesn't mean you have to hate on the other. And I mean, all this hate on WWE or AEW, vice versa, in the past week, it's like, come on. It's a celebration of life. They're doing it their way. You don't need to nitpick and criticize. Just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, I can't wait to see the... Um... AEW actually get back on the road. Uh, even though I am in Florida here, I, I kind of still hesitate about going out to their place in Jacksonville. Um, but, I, you know, I do think as a fan, it's important for us to get back out. I think we live on this uh, wrestling Twitter, which is great. You know, it's great for information. It's great for opinions. But, you know, another downfall or another downside of this COVID thing is uh, people just been kind of stuck stuck to, to being um, turning into that wrestling community on Twitter. You know, it's not uh, physically possible to go to an event or go to um, any wrestling matches. So I think once we get that back, it'll, it'll be kind of more united than ever. Um, I cannot wait for the first show to, to actually unite fans again and um, kind of block out any negativity on Twitter. I kind of, I try to stay away from that stuff personally yeah did you see the video that um some of the wwe superstars put up like wwe put a video up the other day with a couple of their superstars posting a tribute to Brody lee uh yeah well i mean i seen like biggie and like some guys were posting videos from like house show matches or or stuff mm. like is that what you're talking about or is it like interviews yeah it was like um they, i think they did it during raw but it was just a collective of it was one video with a collective of superstars telling different stories and i think it was jason jordan and tyson kidd oh man that almost broke me like i'm watching that and they're saying how like when tyson had his neck injury Brody was one of the first ones they're looking out for him and jason jordan was saying that when talking about Brody Lee and how he was, other than him and his wife, he was the first person to hold his new newborn daughter. And they're just getting all broken up over it. You've got um, Woods, who was upset. And then even just Woods on Raw Talk, you could hear the passion in his voice. And he even did, he even said the name Brody Lee, even though it's an AEW name, I'm like, I'm like, hell yes, we don't need to have this, oh, you can't say this because you're on that show. And I'm just, it was so beautiful. And I'm just like, it's what 
the wrestling world needs right now is unity, none of this war bullshit. And I'm curious to see, because SmackDown starts in about 45 minutes. So I'm curious to see how this goes, especially with Big E as the new Intercontinental Champion. I'm like, everyone's getting upset over Raw not doing a 10-bell salute. I mean, I don't actually expect them to do it on SmackDown, but I'm curious to see if they do anything in that regard. Um, But upcoming on the road, we have the Royal Rumble, which will be later this month. One of my favorite pay-per-views outside Man, isn't that weird? Isn't it like January 31st? I think it's the last day of January. Oh, uh, that was last week. Because I think the way the schedule works out, the last Sunday in January is like the last day. It's like a weird year like that. Yes, uh, so it's January 31st for me. So it'll be January 30th for you. Wait, no. It'll be first day of February for me because... Pay-per-views for me are on a Monday, so for you it's on a Sunday. Yes, yeah, so we're still we're still thirty days out from this damn Royal Rumble. That mm. is that's crazy considering TLC was what two Sundays ago, three Sundays ago now. So yeah. And with the yeah, wait, man, I love uh, I love Royal Rumble. That's my favorite pay-per-view, favorite event, favorite everything. Yeah, I. <laughs> For me, it's the Royal Rumble, it's um, Elimination Chamber, and War Games. Although Survivor Series got me with um, last year when they, well, actually, no, technically two years ago now, when they did SmackDown vs. Raw versus NXT, and I had all three brands going at it. And 2020 was a crazy year. Hopefully, this year's a lot more peaceful and fun, but... I still remember last year's Royal Rumble just sitting there and being obviously on social media trying to live tweet as pay-per-views happen. I remember looking at it, trying to track where the Royal Rumble was trending, and I look at it, and Kobe Bryant's trending because we had the unfortunate passing last year of Kobe Bryant like during the Royal Rumble. And obviously with the time difference, um, I had to go to work halfway through the Rumble, so I'm like, I don't care what my managers say, I am playing the Royal Rumble at work. And I'm serving out front, running back to the office when there's no customers. And I had it on silent, obviously, so no one could hear or see what I was doing with my phone upside down. I flipped my phone up and I'd see the little can down. I'm like, five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> And it, obviously not hearing sound or anything, I then see the smoke and I'm like, interesting, who could this be? And then the person walks up, I'm like, whoa, what? Edge, Edge. <sighs> and I'm like jumping up and I'm like, Edge is back, Edge is back. No! And everyone at the workplace is looking at me going, what are you on about? I don't care. You guys don't need to know what's happening. Just let me be excited. This is awesome. But for me, that was my moment of the Rumble last year. 
uh, what about you? What was your moment of the rumble? Um, well, first of all, Edge did look great uh, coming back. Great music, great crowd reaction, and um, at the what did he come out like 24, 22, 24? It was something like that. So I, I kind of like that too that they kind of threw it in there where people, you know, it wasn't number thirty or number twenty nine. You know what I mean? They threw it in there where mm. kind of people were maybe looking ahead to number thirty. And so even when like that music hit, it was kind of like a more of a like, oh shit, you know, instead of being Titus O'Neil or whoever, the big show, it ended up being Edge. So I think that added to it. Um, a lot of good matches and a lot of good moments from um, the Royal Rumble last year. But it has to be for me in that same match, uh, Drew McIntyre, man, hitting the Claymore kick, eliminating Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Since since that happened, I mean, Drew McIntyre has been on top. You know, I mean, he lost it to Randy, um, and then got it right back. Um, You know, beat Brock at WrestleMania again. You know, obviously after winning the Rumble. So I I mean, shoot, man, I I think it's been Drew McIntyre's year. Now, as we talked about, Roman Reigns kind of has taken over since SummerSlam. But you look at the whole pandemic, the the COVID WWE. And uh, literally, you know, from the Royal Rumble until right now, a year later, it's, you know, Drew McIntyre has been pretty much on top of the company. So I think that moment where Brock Lesnar had, you know, eight, nine eliminations, whatever he did, and then Drew came out and claymored him over the top rope, man, I think that was that was the beginning of uh, the rocket ship launch that was Drew McIntyre's 2020. Yeah, oh, I definitely agree with that one. Um, who do you see winning the Rumbles this year? Oof, this year. Actually, uh, let me rephrase that. Who do you see winning it to? Who do you want to win it? See, that's even tougher. I, I might get a lot of hate for this, but I kind of want Randy Orton to win. <laughs> but I don't think he's going to. Um I don't think he's going to, even though he's also had a great COVID uh, run here in WWE. Yeah, he's been a highlight of COVID. Yeah, who I think's going to win? I'm probably leaning towards either Daniel Bryant or uh, Bray Wyatt. And I don't know how else. Unless they do a Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton singles match at uh, Royal Rumble, which kind of seems likely too which kind of takes out both of my guys. But um, I really want to see Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns uh, get at it and uh, have have Bryan win the Royal Rumble and um, see where they go from there, man. Let Reigns ride that title out until WrestleMania and then uh, see what happens. But also, I would, you know, Bray versus Drew isn't bad either if that's the way they go. But, um, yeah, I think the, the money match for sure is Daniel and uh, Roman over there on SmackDown. Mm. I think that's probably where I think they're going to go with Daniel versus Roman at Mania. I'd actually like to see Big E win it and actually have Big E fight for the WWE, not the sorry, the Universal title while also being the Intercontinental Champion at the same time. Because when was the last time you saw 
two titles in one match like that at WrestleMania, where they're only fighting for one title. I think it's... I believe it was early ni- 90s, late 80s. That's how long it's been. But you could get a... Or even if he drops the um, IC title before the Rumble, because we've still got a few weeks ago, then have him win it, win the Rumble, and then go into Mania to face Roman Reigns. Because do you remember when the IC title was used to elevate people? It's... That's what they need to do. Like, have someone win the IC title, have a big run with it, or drop it a couple of weeks later, and then put them in the main title scene, depending on how long. Like, Miz could have won the IC title this year and then gone on to a main event scene. And that's sort of where they were heading with the money in the bank. And now that he's lost that, he's gone back to the mid-card scene. It's just... I don't know. Actually, Miz could Miz could be someone that could win the Rumble. Well, they got it back. Didn't they give it back to him on Raw? Um, I don't believe so. I think he's trying to file a lawsuit or do whatever it was he did to get it in the first place. And I think he's trying to use the ex- um, excuse that Morrison cashed it in on his behalf. And technically... He's the only one allowed to cash it in. And I think that's the storyline they're going for. And they're going to try and get it back on him, which I wouldn't be surprised if they put it back on him. I'm like, well, if they're going to give him the world title with him cashing in, why did they have him cash in at TLC for him to lose? Like, what a waste of time. Yeah, they've actually botched the past few money in the banks. I haven't really... Uh... I can't, I don't know, maybe I'm probably missing one. I can't really remember a good Money in the Bank either winner or cash-in or mm. even even this past year they had Otis win it and then Otis lost it to Miz and now Miz is lost yeah. in like a screwy cash-in. Or yep. I, thought, um, I thought AJ Styles should have won the money in the bank originally i thought he could have been great with that obviously a great yeah. promo obviously still one of the best wrestlers they have uh, you know i don't know that whole otis thing was kind of weird uh, well, maybe i liked the concept of it where they had to climb the top of the tower because with no fans it made it interesting oh yeah i like the actual match itself but just the way they just the winner of it and the way they handled it like like aj fumbled it and then it, like, fell down to Otis off the ladder, and Otis was declared... Like, Otis didn't even climb the ladder. It was it was weird. Mm. But, um, That's right. I remember that now. I don't know. Maybe they give... Uh, maybe they give AJ a title... Or not a title shot, but a uh, Royal Rumble win. And a... Ooh, I like that. Revenge. Or at least another shot at the title, because... I think, and I don't think they're using that uh, that bodyguard. I don't even ever see him really do anything. I mean, he caught Miz in the TLC match and like threw the Miz on the ground. But I don't know. They have AJ Styles with this bodyguard, and he doesn't really uh, do anything. I'd be using him to beat the hell out of McIntyre, because um, obviously McIntyre has a size advantage on AJ. So mm. I mean, maybe they go with that, or maybe. They let 
like I said, they could have gray wire just run through it. Um, or Daniel. I think Daniel seems too obvious, but sometimes the obvious one ones win, as we've seen last year with Drew. I think a lot of people had Drew last year, and he ended up winning. So, I don't know. It's always a... I feel like it's always a last-minute thing with WWE. Because, you know, they have two shows. So even if Daniel doesn't win, if, say, uh, AJ or Randy or Bray wins from Raw, you know, you could still get to Daniel versus Roman at, you know, at WrestleMania without Daniel winning the, the actual Royal Rumble. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And... Going back to that money in the bank thing, like you were saying, they've botched the last few money in the banks. And it was, you look at um, last year's money in the bank, obviously, like you said, with Otis cashing in. You look at the female ones, obviously, that's a different story. Um, Becky Lynch fell pregnant, so it wasn't for the contract, it was for the title itself, which that in itself made a good storyline. And to see Oscar thriving since then like that's really lit a fire in her career but then you go to the year before that the 2019 money in the bank you had bailey cash in on the same night so the females in the past two years you really haven't had a strong money in the bank holder and then the male one um 2019 who won that the that's right. That was won by Brock Lesnar, which led to that pre-cashing with Kofi Kingston to end his world title reign. The year before that, I believe it was won by... Ooh, Braun, was that the year Braun Strowman won it? Which led to that screwy Hell in a Cell finish? Yeah, I can't remember. That's why... I I just assume that they're all shitty because I honestly cannot remember who. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I remember when so, Rock walked down and won it when he wasn't even in the match. Oh, yeah. That I was, remember that. That just felt like a waste of time. Just That actually turned into something good. At the moment, I hated it. But yeah. I did actually like Brock with the briefcase after a while. Especially when he was dancing with it. That yeah. was a highlight. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Other than that, you don't have those classic cash-ins anymore like Edge or mm. uh, CM Punk had. Or any of those guys had. You don't really... Um, I don't know. They just don't happen anymore. Obviously, um, RVD and John Cena cashed in or pre-announced their match. They didn't do the surprise cash-in. RVD is... I'm pretty sure RVD's the... RVD and Brock Lesnar are the only ones to... Um, give advance notice on their cash-ins and win. Everyone else has lost doing an advance cash-in. But Brock Lesnar won at 2018 with... No, 2019 with an advance cash-in on the first episode of SmackDown on Fox in about, what, seven seconds? Yeah. So that was a real all-hype to a flatliner, essentially. The year before that was... Um, Braun Strowman cashing in on Roman Reigns at Hell in a Cell, which ended up in a no contest because Brock Lesnar got involved. And that 
ironically enough, the main event of Hell in a Cell two years in a row, 2018, 2018 with Brock Lesnar ripping down the door of Hell in a Cell, causing that no contest, was the first time that happened. A year later, the main event did the same thing with Seth Rollins and The Fiend. Wow. I think that's all you can say with that one. How did they fuck that up two years in a row? Yeah, I think... I don't know. A lot of this stuff, I think they overthink it. Mm. Uh, Like, I think they just need to... It's kind of like what I say about the Rumble. It always seems like, you know, like I mentioned at the top, we're we're still 30 days away. Um, So it's really hard to tell right now. But it's the same thing with the Money in the Bank. It's just kind of just... Uh, you know, whoever they they wake up and think deserves it that day. I mean, they have so much talent to have a million guys who could come out and win it. Um, I don't know. So I'm never really sold on one guy, but I just I wish there was a crowd for the Royal Rumble, which I still don't think there will be, even though it's 30 days away. I know AEW's squeaking some fans in Jacksonville, and. Um, WWE's been right down the road at uh, Tropicana in in Tampa, but I, I think they just have that whole Thunderdome thing set up, and they're just gonna ride that out. Yeah, which does suck because Royal Rumble is probably the best uh, crowd show, unless you know. Oh yeah. Hold a different show in like Chicago or Boston or whatever, but. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it, man. I just hope it's a good show, no matter what they do. Which honestly, a lot of these shows have been, you know, like um, mm. even through the COVID and stuff like that. I thought TLC was pretty good. Um, even yeah. A, a kind of quiet pay-per-view, nobody really looks forward to per se. Um, I, I, I thought it was alright. So hopefully, hopefully it lives up to the Royal Rumble standards. But I'm also not expecting. Uh, uh, five star stellar stellar show either. How are you enjoying Sasha Banks as champion? I don't never ever like Sasha. <laughs> I'd keep it. I would have kept it on Bailey. I would have still had it on Bailey. Mm. Um, Bailey should have you know, dropped they, it at Mania. Yeah, well, that's what they do though. They build the characters, and then that's their excuse it's going to be like Bray Wyatt and uh, you know that was always the excuse for the Undertaker well he's the Undertaker he doesn't need a title well you know they're, they're going to end up doing that with Bailey. who how you know oh Bailey could get her heat back she could you know attack somebody from behind and cut a promo and and do whatever she does on Twitter talking shit to people and she'll be you know still relevant so that's what they do with talent which I get you know, sometimes they say the championships don't make the guy, the guy makes the title, or the other way around. Yeah. Look at it. Um, so, I think so. with um, with Sasha, they should have already had her drop the title because they've built this character up that she can win a title, but she can't defend it. And the fact that she's already started defending it successfully has just killed all that work that they put into the character. Yeah. She's what, a five-time Raw Women's Champion without a successful title defense. And then she becomes the Tag Team Champion with Bailey at Elimination Chamber. And then they go and lose it at Mania to um, the Iconics, which are 
that's the one thing about 2020 I don't like is they broke up the Iconics. Yeah, I think that was their one uh, female team that they kind of broke up, which I don't get if you're trying to build a female tag division. You know, Mm. you at least want to have, you know, two or three actual tag teams. Now, I do like the Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler team. I think that team makes sense. Yeah, that's grown on me. Um, Baszler and Jax reminds me of how Cesaro and Sheamus came to be. Yeah, I mean, and it makes sense. I mean, they're both kind of rough ass kickers in the ring. They kind of um, don't make a lot of friends. You know what I mean? They, they, it makes sense for them to be together. But I think if you would have had them with the Iconics, um, and, and then, you know, you throw in some, you know, whatever random teams they fall in love with, like we're seeing now with Asuka and Charlotte or Sasha and Bailey or whoever – they throw together. Uh, I think it mm. could have still made a better tag team division than what we got, but I don't know. Bailey, Bailey and Carmella make sense because they're real life friends. Yeah, yeah, I can but see that. It would give them something to do. Oscar uh, and Charlotte don't. Charlotte is not a tag team wrestler. Um, no. Yeah, that that was weird. Like I wouldn't even say Oscar's a tag team wrestler, but obviously, I don't know. They broke up the Sky Pirates to create the Kabuki Warriors when Kyrie was doing well in a tag team with Io Shirai. So they killed Oscar's momentum to put her in a tag team with Kyrie to break up the Sky Pirates so they could give. EO a singles wrong. The amount of downs in that, the one up for that is to say giving EO a singles wrong has done wonders for her career. EO EO is amazing. She's done so well down in NXT. Yeah, a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but some people don't like her. I think um EO's gotten a little too friendly. I liked her when she first went bad with like mm. the music and the fucking flashing lights and she's like flipping her hair and going crazy and shit. Um, now she still does that, but I don't think I think they turned it down a little bit. I don't know why. It just doesn't seem as as hard as it used to be. I don't so know. she's gone from a happy go lucky face essentially to a real ass kicking heel to an ass-kicking face. Her face now, compared to what it was before she turned heel, is so much different. And it sort of works for her. Like, I like it. Yeah, I don't have a problem with with anything she was doing. I think she's, uh, besides Rhea Ripley and Charlotte and maybe Bailey, I think um, I think Eo's the best. Uh, female wrestler they have in, in all of WWE, honestly. Yeah, I could see that. I'd go with... I think they're sleeping on Tony Storm. I think she's a lot more talented than she's given credit for. Although, in saying that, I'm probably a little bit biased. Because even though she's technically from New Zealand, as far as everyone's concerned, she comes from the Gold Coast of Australia, which 
not only is my home country, but it's also my home state. So I may be biased in saying that one. Um, I like Bianca Belair. I'm not so much a fan of the character, but her wrestling is top-notch. She is a future women's champion. I think one person I'd say is overrated, who I love the character, I'm not a fan of the wrestling, would be Candice LeRae. No, she's terrible. Like, everyone hypes up the Candice LeRae EO match, and I'm watching it, and I'm like... I love Candice LeRae as a character. It's perfect. She's got it down pat, but in the ring, I'm like, I I don't see it. And I'm like, what am I missing? Like, she's obviously got the height and she's got the fan base for her in-ring skills. But it's like, when you watch her run the rope, she looks uncomfortable. And I don't know if that's me or what I'm missing, but I can't understand the hype, which really disappoints me because I'm a huge fan of it, and I have been for years. I just don't get the hype of her in-ring work. And I want to. I want to see it. Think, oh, how are you with Nia Jax? Uh, I'm very opposite of... Um, usually opposite of uh, wrestling Twitter. <laughs> I actually like Nijax. You know, sometimes people need to get their fucking shit rocked. And I think without without Nia Jax, we would never have Becky Lynch. Essentially. Mm. You remember that famous uh, gif of yeah. Becky Lynch in the SmackDown shirt? When it busted? Yep. Do you remember who busted her face? Who broke her face? It was Nia Jax, man. I mean, it's sometimes... It's Nia Jax. Sometimes, listen, you just need Carrie saying, you know, if you're going to put an 80-pound girl in there with a 250-pound, oh, well, they're all women. Well, mm. not really. When you look at Nia Jackson, you look at Carrie Zane or even like an Oscar or a Becky Lynch, um, you know, somebody's going to get hurt. You know, sometimes now it's hard. People don't know their own strength. Obviously, Nia Jax yeah. figured out hers. But... Then again, she's not the one booking the matches. She's not the one um, doing what they're doing uh, behind mm. the scenes. So obviously, WWE sees something in her. Obviously, you know she's related to The Rock, whatever you want to say. But, but you know, sometimes some of those stiffest fucking workers. I mean, Goldberg, Ultimate Warrior. We had, you know, some of the stiffest workers were some of the most beloved freaking characters, you know, in wrestling history. Mm. Yeah. So let's not get all sensitive about, you know, somebody got uh, a potato or sucker punched or whatever, which I don't think it's on purpose. I think Nia Jax is just 200 pounds bigger than every other girl she steps in the ring with. So it's like, you know, it's just bound to happen. Like, I do agree with some of what you're saying, but you look at Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman hasn't, Braun Strowman's essentially the monster of the men's division where Nia is the monster of the female's division. You don't see that with Braun throwing around it. And I think, I think Nia was called up from NXT too early, but 
But in saying that, I also think she's improved a lot this year. She has improved leaps and bounds. And I think it's making those mistakes and learning from them has really helped her. Yeah, I don't think, like I said, I just don't think she knows her own strength. There's no, I mean, it's like putting Braun in there with, I don't even want to say Rey Mysterio because Rey Mysterio knows how to not get killed by bigger guys. You know, just put in a, a person like Carrie, Sane, I mean, the language barrier. Now, I use Carrie Sane because this is the one that really got people up in arms about Nia Jax trying to, like, get her fired when she, like, mm. slammed her against the steps or the ring post or whatever whatever she did. Um, it, it's just, it, it's hard to compare because it, the language barrier and the size difference, it was literally meant, like, if something didn't go wrong, I would have been surprised. Um, it, it's it's just hard for me to, it's like throwing Funaki in there with Braun Strowman, I guess you could say. Yeah. She just, she just or, doesn't know um, her own strength. Um, yeah, or even um, Akira Tozawa. Yeah, and and a lot of those guys know how to avoid certain situations like that. I I think a lot of the girls don't. Um, yeah, like you know, I'm unless it's rich. like Charlotte Flair or a, a Bailey, they kind of they kind of seem to be the ones that don't get hurt. Now Becky Lynch caught a fist to the face, which I think was totally unintentional. Um, if you watch the video, I, I think it wasn't unintentional. I think it was just wrong place at the wrong time for Becky. But I think again, I, don't you know, know. I think the, I think the punch was intentional. I just don't think she meant to do as much damage as what she did. Yeah. And as cruel as it may sound, I'm somewhat grateful for it because I mean, without that punch and Becky standing at the top of the stands with a bloody nose, like you said, we wouldn't have got the man. No, that was the beginning of it all. Because then after that, you know, they went on to, you know, SmackDown and the Raw thing. And then, you know, after that, it was all it was all about Becky Lynch. And that was the mm. catalyst for it, was that image of her standing in the middle of the crowd. You know, everybody going crazy with, uh, you know, literally a, a broken face. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you got a bold prediction you'd like to make for the Rumble? Whether it be a surprise return well, or a debut, set for the actual Rumble match. Um, is there a return or a debut that you'd like to make a bold prediction? Return or debut? See, it's kind of funky because there's no fans there, mm. so I think they could literally do anything and like make it presentable for TV. Um, shoot. Kind of threw a curveball at me. I wasn't even thinking about this yet. But if I were to say any hints, I, I don't think they'll do Edge again. Um, he, he could get interfered if Randy Orton has a match. Maybe he comes out and gets, you know, mm. interferes with somehow, some way if he's if he's healthy enough to. But for the actual uh, Rumble match, maybe we see Seth Rollins come back. I mean, he, by the time the Rumble comes around. He would have been off TV for, what, about two or three months by the time the Rumble hits. So maybe he comes back. Yeah. I've read something that he's already coming back. So he might even be back on SmackDown tonight. Mm. Well, this morning for me, but tonight for you, obviously. Yeah, but. I think um, total overall, I think we're going to have a guy go 
I don't think we've seen it in a while, and maybe I missed it, but I think we're going to have a guy go from, let's say, top five to the final four. Not saying they're going to win in the top five, but I think you're going to have one of those 45, 50-minute performances uh, this year. And I don't know who it's going to be. I would love for it to be Daniel Bryant or AJ Styles or returning Seth Rollins, it's obviously going to have to be somebody who's capable of doing it. It's not going to be, you know, freaking Braun Strowman or whatever. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Big E is the Iron Man of the Men's Rumble. Um, I could see that. And then he gets eliminated at the last second by like a... Mm. I don't even know who would eliminate him. I don't think Sami Zayn would. I don't think they'll do Sami Zayn. Well, it could be a Raw episode. It could even um, be Sheamus. Yeah. No. Because, I mean, they, ha- they had that fantastic street fight. Yeah. I'm over Sheamus. I've been over Sheamus. I, th- I was for a bit. I think it's in the past couple of weeks he's starting to get a fresh build to his character. He jumped back on me with the bar... But then when he came back, I, I don't know. I haven't liked him since he's come back. I like them with the bar, him and Cesaro. But even before that, I was over Sheamus until they put put the bar together, honestly. Mm. But they could. He's one of those guys that always seems to have a Money in the Bank contract or a Royal Rumble win. or a, Actually, his Money in the Bank contract uh, cashing was pretty good at what was it, Survivor Series when he cashed in on Roman or whatever it was? Yeah. That one was probably a pretty good one, the last good one. Coming so through it, like Eddie and kicking Roman like he did. Mm, interesting fact with um, Money in the Bank, speaking of. So you've obviously got Oscar who um, won the title the night after. You had Bailey who cashed in on the same night the year before. Before that, it was Alexa Bliss who cashed in on the same night on Nia Jax or Ronda Rousey, whoever it was. And the year before that, it was Carmella who won it twice in the space of like three weeks to have that 200-day-plus reign. So Carmella's the only person on the roster with a significant Money in the Bank title reign. But... What I will say for a bold prediction, if we're going to have a return in either one of the Rumbles, if the rumours are correct, I'd be saying Eva Marie. Oh, you're talking about the women's too? I don't count that one. I guess you have. I think they put on some great Rumbles. I think they put on some better of the Rumbles compared to the men's. I think last year the men's Rumble was probably the first time they outdid the women's. No. No. 2019 was terrible. Wasn't that the year that Becky Lynch cashed in when... Or not cashed in, but like came out after she lost the title because Lana mm. like twisted her ankle or something? Yeah. And Becky just came out and took her spot and won. That told a good story though and that was also Becky doing whatever it took to get back in the title scene because she'd lost earlier in the night to Oscar. 
Yeah. Yeah. The story behind it was really good. That was also the same year Nia Jax entered the Men's Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. That was pretty cool. But that's probably the one moment I remember from that one. The year before that was the one where Asuka won the Royal Rumble. I think the only downside to that was Stephanie McMahon on commentary. Yeah. Do you listen to commentary anymore? Because I don't. Uh, I mute it. Especially Raw. Raw is terrible. It all depends. Like I don't, I don't mute it. I prefer on as sort of back. It's sort of background noise to me, but I think that plus the piped-in crowd noises helps a lot because it just it felt really weird listening listening to matches. Like when you could hear the bombs and you could hear the calls between the wrestlers. Yeah. I put the um, closed captions on and kind of just like read what's going on if I get confused. Which on Raw, I've been confused a lot this past year, but um, and the commentating does not help, so I just muted it. It's terrible. Although I like Samoa Joe on commentary, so I think that's the other reason I listen to it. You get the right person on that or the right combination. I'm not a fan of... I think him and Tom Phillips would be okay. Like, yeah. I don't mind Cole and Graves, because at least it's just two guys just talking. Mm. It's not like... I feel like Samoa Joe, even when he's saying something good, he's like, like just trying to get it out so then Byron Saxton can say what he has to say, and then Tom can mm. pitch to whatever. You know what I mean? It's always, like, rushed. Like, even when Samoa Joe says something good, it, like, doesn't... Like, it's there, and then it's gone, because somebody else is already talking about something else. See, I feel like booth. Phillips and Saxon are both good commentators, just not on the same show. Tom Phillips was great in NXT when he first started. And I think it was actually him and, him and Graves, wasn't it? Like, when, mm. like, they were both in NXT. And then... Um, Graves was was with um, Saxon because they never got along on commentary in NXT and they carried that over onto Raw. Although, I think one of the things I liked about commentary was Renee Young. Even though she hated it and she's openly said she didn't like commentary, she said it was an experience. But I think she did a lot better than she gives herself credit for. Because I really enjoyed her on commentary. Yeah, I wonder if she's doing anything. Has she done anything lately? Uh, not wrestling-wise. Give me two seconds. I think I can look that up. But then there's um also Beth Phoenix. I quite her and Wade Barrett in NXT make a good combination. The only downside is I miss um Ronaldo. Yeah, Moro, last time he I heard Moro, he actually did the Tyson. Do uh, do you follow Mike Tyson? But he was really good on SmackDown as well, and when SmackDown lost Moro Ronaldo, it sort of just it sort of just lost that spark. Like he gave WWE a spark that it's been missing for a long time. 
And when you can get that catch for, uh, catchphrase that you can make work, like you've got Michael Cole, obviously, with the, oh, my, and it does not work. But then you've got um, Ronaldo with the Mamma Mia and then the whole... Who was it? It was uh, Cesaro, the uppercut party, and uppercut party does itself. Well, however that went, and he just made it sound so special. Yeah, I think they need to stop overproducing their guys, and uh, I, I don't think the announcers have scripts, but I think they just uh, need to stop talking to him too much through the headset. I think they just need to be. Uh, announcers, which is kind of refreshing here on AEW. Um, even though JR's old and kind of stumbles on himself sometimes, or Shivani, you know, mistalks, it's like human error. Like, it's not, you know, these guys aren't perfect. And I think that the announcers on WWE come off as too perfect. Like, they're too, like, they never misspeak. They never have a bad, you know what I mean? It's like, mm. I don't know, it just doesn't seem real. Like, you get the flute, uh, flute, there. There's an example of not being perfect. You get a um, few slip-ups here and there, but it's very not noticeable. But I think the other reason, I don't think you can win with that, honestly, because they're either too perfect or when they do slip up, they get ripped apart on Twitter. And I remember Cole or whoever it was, they got the Shining Stars wrong or something like that. And I just remember Corey Graves going, how about you try remembering the name of every single superstar and having to call on the fly on a three-hour show nonstop? And I'm just like, say it. But to answer your question um, on Renee Young, she's hosting her own podcast. And as far as I'm aware of, that's all she's doing at the moment because if I stand corrected... She's actually pregnant at the moment. Uh, yeah, you might be right about that. I, I think that's why Moxley lost the belt, isn't it? Because they, they announced mm. she was pregnant. And I think he lost the belt like on that next uh, on that next Dynamite. Dynamite or two Dynamites afterwards, he lost it to Omega. Yeah, which is a whole another thing that's been amazing. Like When I found out Omega won it, I'm like... But when I found out they were doing a crossover over to Impact, like, I love Impact. So the fact that Omega's just gone over there, which is like, okay, now this is interesting. This is just given a whole new um, dimension. It's just created a whole new mesmerizing space of you can sit there. It's opened the imagination up to a whole load of different matches you can have. I'm like, oh, I'd like to see Omega go one-on-one with this person or that person. I mean, we've seen Omega and Moxley have that insane match last year, or 2019, where I think it was Moxley's actually spread Omega's fingers apart in like the wishbone sort of thing and sliced it open with a glass, and then they've done this sharpshooter where they had to crawl through the glass and stuff like that and i'm like omega's good at that um insane hardcore wrestling so i'm like imagine him in something like that 
um, he could have a warm-up match with Tommy Dreamer. He could go with Sammy Callahan. And then Omega versus Eddie Edwards. That is the match I want to see. Omega and Edwards would be fire. That match to me is money. Is there, is there anyone you want to see Omega clash with in Impact? Um, no, I kind of just want to see what they're going to do with it. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of Omega, but I'm also not like a hater on him either. I'm kind of just mm. uh, in the middle. Um, I, I've seen a lot of bad shit that he's done, but I've also, uh, you know, recognized the good stuff that he does. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not really here or there on, on Omega, honestly. Well, I've um, openly said on the podcast, I think back in 2019, I actually thought Omega was highly overrated. And I've, I don't get me wrong, I still think he's a good wrestler, but I think think he's overhyped like i don't get the fan attraction behind him he's good but i don't think he's as good as he's made out to be i think my watching omega and the young box and the new day stand face to face that was awesome new day and omega and the young box staring each other down now that was golden yeah, they did that yeah. the, the gaming e3 gaming tournament i think it was yeah and that was good but the fact that you probably won't see that happen again with obviously new day are they split it are they split up or what's the go with that because you they still come out as the new day it's just is it Big E's not a part of it anymore? Or is Big E on a, just still technically a part of the New Day, just on a separate show? Yeah, I think... Um, well, he has, like, his own entrance and stuff now, obviously, on SmackDown. But I think they kind of just... They got drafted to separate shows. Um, or at least, mm. I guess, Big E did. He got drafted to SmackDown, and uh, Kofi and Xavier Woods got drafted to Raw. So I, I don't think he's, like out of the new day i think they're kind of just doing a single run now but i think they'll get back together eventually i think they all do eventually mm. i just i don't know why they needed to separate the new day because they did they gave kofi a world title run while he was still a part of the new day and then had biggie and xavier as the tag champion so i don't understand why this was different Yeah, I don't really get it. Um, I, I think they could have done it all on the same show, honestly. But I think they kind of tried that with Kofi, and it worked out pretty good for like the Kofi Mania stuff. Mm. So maybe they just wanted like to do a completely uh, test run, I guess, with Biggie. You know, like completely by himself without the New Day in his corner or the new the New Day music or whatever, which. I guess, you know, I, I could defend. If you're going to do it, at least give them a true singles run. Not, you know, you don't kind of want to have that safety net of the New Day with them. And then if it doesn't work out, you kind of just throw them back in the New Day. Now kind of, you know, Big E kind of has to make it work. You know, I think he is. You know, I think he is uh, doing a really good job of what they're giving him. Mm. No, I definitely agree with you on that one. 
Well, I'm glad you have decided to join Mining for Mayhem. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and I look forward to what 2021 brings both of us. I can just imagine we're going to be doing some amazing stuff this year. How have you enjoyed your first episode? Um, it was great. Kind of all over the map, but uh, <laughs> that's what I that's, like. It's Yeah, generally how it's it just is. just talking, man. It's just getting thoughts uh, out. Discussing wrestling. And uh, SmackDown just started right now. Um, probably going to go watch it either live or maybe later tonight. I don't know. But, yeah. have, you, have you got anything you want to plug? No, man. What the fuck I got going on? I ain't got nothing going on. <laughs> just watch wrestling and post uh, stuff on Twitter and that's it. I'm going to do this stuff with you, but I'm going to plug all the shit that you put out. So, so where can they find you on Twitter? Um, at CWO, C-W-O-A-H-H, um, on Twitter. And, um, yeah, just tweet out mostly, like, sports gambling stuff, but also tweet out about uh, different sports teams, different uh, wrestling topics. It's not really uh, constricted to one thing. But, um, yeah, I'll be on there, man, you know, just tweeting away and uh, following stuff and watching wrestling and, um, look forward to be on more of these episodes. Hopefully, we get a better view <laughs> of the freaking Royal Rumble as we're still 30 days out. So hopefully, we get uh, more of a, a better picture of what at least SmackDown's going to do. But, um, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. It's hopefully they start booking the card for it today on SmackDown, if not next week on Raw. But it's going to be interesting to see where it goes, especially after the Rumble. Because we're basically officially on the road, even though they say the road to WrestleMania doesn't start till the roar after the Rumble. For me, it's the moment the Rumble becomes the next pay-per-view, you're on the road to WrestleMania. So for me, it's the road to WrestleMania starts right now. But yeah, it's been great having you on. Guys, we'll see you all next week. Um, you all know where you can find me. I'm BJ. This is Aussie Lucian at Aussie Lucian on Twitter and Instagram. Um, it's been a blast doing this again. I'm glad to be recording again. I've missed this so much. Stay safe, everyone. Have fun. Be kind to each other. And we'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.